Thanks, Courtney. Thanks, team. Well, good evening, everyone. It's good to be here. So, but before we go uh, any further, how about we just open in prayer? Lord, we, uh, we do thank you that we can come here tonight. Lord, that, uh, that we can come to you and be as one people, Lord, all here wanting to serve you and wanting to just be in your presence. And uh, Lord, we just pray tonight that as we look at your word, as we look at this issue of male sexuality, Lord, and as we look at what it means to be sexually pure, that, uh, that Lord, you would just open our hearts and minds to your word, Lord, that we'd be willing to hear from you. Lord, we just want to uh, pray this in your name. Amen. Well, it's, uh, it's pretty safe to say that um, most people here, if not every person here, at some stage in their life has been attracted to another person and uh, men attracted to women and women attracted to men. I need to clarify that. <clears throat> but that we've been attracted to another person and that we go to great lengths to try and gain that other person's attention. And for a guy, it's usually quite obvious um, because the first thing that they take note of is their personal hygiene. So a guy who starts to comb his hair, a guy that comes maybe to church clean-shaven, and a guy that possibly comes well-dressed and actually coordinated (laughs) may indicate that they're trying to gain someone else's attention. So have a look at all the clean-shaven, well-dressed single guys here and see if that's the case. But when I see someone like that, when I see someone, (laughs) not many of them, you shouldn't be looking, you're married. When I see a person like that, I think one of two things, that either they are are trying to uh, get the attention of another woman or they're married and their wife continues to dress them. (laughs) So if you enjoy your individuality and enjoy wearing what you like, then I suggest that you stay single. But before I was married, I found myself doing uh, many different things to try and gain Kathy's attention. Um, Before we were going out, you know, just those early days or just that little bit of interest stage, I found myself every now and then, and look, if you can relate to this, you've got to be honest tonight. But uh, every now and then, you know, you do the slow drive-by. So there's a girl that you're interested in and so you just happen to be driving down their street. You just happen to have your window down and you just happen to be slowly going past their place, looking out the window. Are they there? Yes, they're there. And if they're there, then of course you can pull up. I just happen to be in the area to see what you're up to. So the slow drive-by is something that we do. The other thing is that, uh, is that if, if um, well, something that I did was that I have to try and impress her parents without them knowing that, of course, that, that I was interested in her. And so, you know, Alan, um, he's retired now, but he was a plumber. And uh, so every time I bumped into Alan, of course, I'd have to talk the plumbing talk. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'd ask him how his uh, business is going and... Uh, you know, things like, how's your day? 
Did you manage to unblock that toilet? All those type of nice things. And then Joan, she had a, a florist shop down, down Dean Street. And uh, I used to drop in there a little bit, not a fair bit, but a little bit. And um, yeah, just find out on the, on the family gossip, find out what people are up to. And um, also, just to give a, let her know that, you know, here's a nice young man that's an eligible bachelor. And um, yeah, it must have worked. But, uh, <laughs> but if I had known then what I knew now about getting in relationships, then, um, then maybe I wouldn't have... Uh, well, when I met my father and mother-in-law... No, I won't go there. But <laughs> <laughs> no, look, um, I'm blessed with great in-laws and, uh, and they're, they're blessed to have me. It, um, <laughs> it's great. But the, the final straw for me was um, to gain Kath's attention was to take up jogging. Um, that was something that I was never really uh, excited about. But, you know, I used to get my jogging gear on and start going jogging when I knew that she'd be knocking off work. And so I would jog along the route that she would drive home in the vain hope that she would drive past and see me and go, whoa, <laughs> what a man. Anyway, it worked and, and we ended up, uh, we then went jogging together and, um, you know, when our relationship was secured, that was the first thing that went because <laughs> neither of us liked jogging. Um, it was just, just to impress each other. But tell me, who, who here has found themselves trying to impress another person? And, and why is it that, that we're willing to push, um, put ourselves outside of our comfort zones so that we can do that? And, and the simple answer to that is, is that, is that we are beings that are created to be in a relationship. And, and God, uh, who created us, is, is himself in, in a perfect rela- relationship. And um, we're created in his image. So our desire as human beings is to be in a relationship. But whether we're in a relationship or not, and whether we're uh, single, dating or married, one of the, the biggest challenges uh, for us is, is sexual purity. And uh, tonight, that's what we're going to have a look at, um, sexual purity, and particularly how, how it relates to men um, in, in this day and age. You know, h- how can a couple uh, in today's society maintain sexual purity in their relationship when the society that we live in places no value on the intimacy of sex? And how can a single man remain sexually pure um, when we've got so many mediums um, where, you know, whether it's the newspaper or magazines, television, internet, where we can have uh, erotic images um, and, and even just provocative images just thrust at us all the time. So how do we remain pure? So tonight we're going to take a closer look at that and, and why we should be striving towards sexual purity. Um, yeah, why is it that we should even bother doing this? Well, one of the first things that we need to uh, look at is that we are created male, um, or men, obviously, that are created male, are, are different to women. And uh, there's obvious anatomical differences, but, and 
physiological differences. But but the main thing is um, when it comes to our when it comes to us, men are um, visually stimulated. So and because of that, we are like that because our brain is formed by testosterone and it's sensitised to testosterone. And so our brain is actually a chemical reaction waiting to be triggered um, when it comes to our um, sexuality. So the things that we see as men are going to trigger a response in our, in our, uh, in our mind. And it's because of that that we find that we can find it very difficult, difficult in maintaining sexual purity. Uh, you can see in the following PowerPoint, now Gail showed us uh, this last week, I found an updated version, Gail, but this is, uh, <laughs> this is the female brain. It goes into a little bit more detail and um, shoes, headache generator, the torque factor is, is up there. Um, so you can see that that's the female brain. And that's the male brain. <laughs> and that, that is what we have to struggle with when we have uh, a testosterone-formed brain. So we just, that's the differences. And just let me say that when we see the difference between a male and female brain, we can understand why men and women in marriage um, treat sex differently. And here we have a typical married couple reading in bed. <laughs> We're different when it comes to sexuality. It's been said that, uh, that most men are attracted to any woman who has arms, legs and breasts. But put simply, men want a woman who has gluteus to the maximus, has a body that is anatomically inflexible, has looks that are terminally attractive and whose cups runneth over. <laughs> Look, um, I've actually mixed my writing up here. But seriously, when we can understand that a man's brain is wired for a sexual response, we can understand the difficulty that we face when it comes to maintaining sexual purity. And the story of uh, King David and Bathsheba highlight this. And uh, in 2 Samuel 11, we read of King David's mistake. And so from verse 2, we see, One evening David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. And David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, Isn't this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him and he slept with her. She had purified herself from her uncleanness. Then she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David saying, I am pregnant. Now the scene that David witnessed was of a, of a beautiful and um, naked Bathsheba um, bathing. It triggered a response in his mind that then led to him uh, committing the act of adultery and then led to him... Uh, murdering her husband in, in, in an attempt to cover the sin. And so for us as men, being visually stimulated, uh, the consequences of not maintaining sexu sexual purity in our lives affects other people around us and also has 
a, a great impact on us. And, and the effect may be unknown in terms of the consequences. But how important is sexual purity? And when we have a look at God's word, we get, we get a clearer understanding of it. We know that, um, that in the Bible, we know that, that, uh, that Jesus had been crucified, that he had risen from the dead and it has ascended to heaven. And the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the new ch- and the new ch- church was born. And Jews were coming to Christ and Gentiles were coming to Christ. But what the question for the leaders of the time was, what was to be asked of, of all of these new converts? What was to be asked of the people that were coming to know Jesus? And so the, the leaders of the early church gathered at Jerusalem to resolve this qu- question. And the, uh, the conclusion that they reached was sent all over the world and, and it can be found uh, in Acts chapter 15. And this is their, their uh, letter to all of the new believers. And it says, It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. You are to abstain from food, sacrifice to idols, from blood, from the meat of strangled animals and from sexual immorality. You will do well to avoid these things. See, if you, if you deal with this issue of uh, sexual immorality, if we try and avoid it, we will do well in our relationship with God. And later the Apostle Paul explained uh, in, in 1 Thessalonians, he says, uh, he says, oh, I'll go back a bit. He says, finally then, brothers, this is 1 Thessalonians 4, finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how we ought to live and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. And so this, this verse reveals that, that purity is a progressive process for us. It's, it's not something that we strive for in the short term, but it's something that we try and grow more and more. It's not something that we can accomplish at a given point in time, but it's something that as, as Christians, as believers, that we strive for in our daily relationship. And it extends not only to our outward behaviour, but also in our thought life. If we continue in 1 Thessalonians, we see that uh, it says, For you know, this is the Apostle Paul, for, if you, for you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honour, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all of these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God, who gives you his Holy Spirit. So we strive to grow in our, in our personal purity um, we, and we strive to maintain sexual purity because it's pleasing to God and it's, it is good for our relationship with him. But how, how is this practically played out in our lives? And one of the things that we can do uh, to achieve sexual purity? Well, the first thing uh, when it comes to purity 
for the immediate and the long-term strategy is to know God. Because it's only God that has the power to, for us to uh, overcome sexual sin in our lives. And we heard Jonathan talk about that this morning, that it's only through God that we have the power to overcome. Nothing is too big or too hard for him. We need to be able to get God's word, pick it up off the ground, wipe the dust off it, and we need to use this as our standard when it comes to our living, when it comes to our relationships. And we need to accept that it's, our culture doesn't dis- determine our sexual behaviour. You do. I do. It, we, we can't blame um, our culture for how we respond personally because the choices that, and decisions that we make are based on our own beliefs. And so fill your mind with this, make the right decisions. If we decide to, ma- to maintain sexual purity in our walk with God, then we also have to um, be willing to renew our mind. We need to purpose in our heart to, to follow God's word and to live a life that's pleasing to him. We're not to see um, uh, sexual purity as a set of rules. It's, uh, no one can enforce a set of rules on, on you because that's not what God intended We strive for sexual purity because we want to progress our relationship with God and we want to do what's pleasing and honouring to him. So we need to keep our walk with the Lord strong. The second action that we can do is to stop stop kidding ourselves. Don't don't fool yourself into thinking that you can handle uh, sexual material, Um, particularly fellas, knowing that we're visually stimulated, don't fool yourself into thinking that you can handle that, the sex scene in the movie. Don't fool yourself into thinking that, um, that you're able to uh, just browse on the internet and uh, only have a, a small sneak peek at a, at a pornographic website. Don't, don't fool yourself into thinking that you can um, handle looking at uh, provocative images in men's magazines. And I've got to say that most, most men's magazines now, uh, from car magazines right through to adult magazines, have got some form of provocative imagery in it. And I knew things were getting bad when my shooting magazine had a Babes and Boars calendar in it. I thought, man, it's just... Er- everything has got something uh, uh, sexual in it. So we, we can't kid ourselves into thinking that we can handle it. Jesus says in Matthew 6, verse 22 and 23, he says, The eye is the lamp to the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if we continue to fill our minds with sexual junk and not on the things of God, then we're we're filling our body with darkness. And when it comes to... um, maintaining purity when it comes to resisting temptations? How can we do it if we haven't filled our body uh, and our mind with light, when we haven't filled our mind with God's word? For men who are married, Proverbs 27 verse 7 says that a full soul loathes even a honeycomb, but to the hungry soul every bitter thing is sweet. If you're married... God has blessed you with, with the uh, 
wonderful gift of, of sexual intimacy. But if you continue to graze on sexual junk, then you, you run the risk of loathing the honey, your, your wife, in your own home. So we can't indulge through our eyes and be honouring to God or honouring to our wife at the same time. So the second action is, is to stop kidding yourself and acknowledge that, that any sexual material, it doesn't matter how major or minor it is on the scale, any sexual material that we digest is, is feeding into our, into our mind and we need to be aware of that. So we have to cut that. The third thing is that we, that we need to take steps to avoid the temptation. So one of the key steps to maintaining sexual purity is actually not resisting temptation, but rather avoiding it. And, and, and God doesn't put us in situations where we are going to be tempted. We do. We're, we're the people with legs. God doesn't move us from one situation to another. We place ourselves in situations where we're going to be tempted. And our, our actions are our own responsibility and nobody else's. In Matthew 5, verse 27 to 29, it says, You've heard that it was said, Do not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body and for your whole body to be thrown into hell. So if we're aware of particular material or situations that cause us to fail in our pursuit of sexual purity, then we need to take proactive steps to remove them or to avoid them. And firstly, if it's pornography on the internet, which is, you know, you don't have to go down the street anymore to buy adult material. You don't need to go into an adult shop if you've got the internet. You can have sexual images on your screen within seconds. So if it's the internet and pornography is an issue for you, then get, get a filter on your computer. And if you know that that's not going to be enough, get it disconnected. If it's magazines or movies, or maybe it's a secret stash of stuff that you've got, you know, you've got to go home and you've got to get rid of that. that it are those things that you're feeding into your mind that is blocking your relationship with God. Guys, if you attend a gym and uh, you're finding that um, the people that you're there with uh, and surrounded by, by women there, if you're finding that that's a distraction for you, then you need to find another alternative, whether it be another form of exercise. Um, look, it, it might be going to a senior's gym session. Whatever, whatever, is, gonna, whatever is gonna distract you, um, or whatever's gonna keep your mind on track, basically. So you need to be able to basically say, look, these are the things that caused me to fall. These are the situations that I find myself in that I need to do something about. Look, maybe it's, uh, it's the lingerie section in the junk mail. Maybe it's a particular uh, show on television. Maybe uh, 
you do a lot of work out of Aubrey Wodonga and it's when you go away, when you're in a motel room. Um, you know, many motels now have, uh, you, can, you can hire a, a video or a, a, a pornographic movie. Maybe it's that, but whatever it is, we need to identify what they are and we need to put plans in place to avoid being in those situations. The other thing is that uh, as men, we need to learn to bounce our eyes and uh, our natural reaction is for our eyes to uh, bounce towards the sexual, our, our eyes to bounce towards something that uh, is attractive or that triggers a response. And what we need to do is actually do the opposite. We need to try and train our mind to bounce our eyes away from those things um, that are sexual. It's, it's, it's a choice that we have to make. Um, but again, if you continue to feed through your eyes, then you need to learn to bounce your eyes away from the things that are, that are sexual. Some here might be asking, uh, well, what about lust? How long do you have to look before it's considered lust? Well, if you look long enough for a chemical reaction to trigger in your head and you're starting to think about it, that's long enough. So you need to be able to determine in your own mind what that is. Look, when it comes to um, guarding our eternal destiny, then nothing's over the top. If, if we have to disconnect the internet, then do it. If you have to end a relationship that's harmful, then do it. See, Jesus says that we must do whatever it takes to safeguard our eternal destiny. And we must do whatever it takes in the pursuit of sexual purity. Another action is that uh, we need to establish boundaries in our relationships. So guys and girls going out, you need to set, establish some clear boundaries. A, uh, a man took his son aside, I thought it was time to take his son aside and talk about sex, and, and uh, he took his son aside and said, son, I think it's time that you and I had a deeper meaningful and that uh, we start to have a bit of a talk about sex. And his son turned to him and said, yeah, what would you like to know, Dad? The, the reality is, is that... Um, I'm sure that younger and younger, we, we are, because we're so exposed to sexual material, that, uh, that we probably think we know a lot more um, than our parents and those around us. But, um, yeah, but when it comes, comes to relationships, we need to be able to set some um, clear guidelines. And when, when I was dating, uh, my mum used to grill me uh, when I was going out with Kath used to um, get told, you know, you can't be doing this and you can't be doing that. Um, you shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be doing that. And uh, we used to do everything in groups. Have you heard, have you heard that line? But, uh, but why? We need to understand why our parents say that, why they talk like that. And the reason is, is because they've been there. They know how difficult, when you're attracted to someone, they know how difficult it is to maintain sexual purity your parents understand um, what it's like to struggle maintaining sexual purity because they were once your age and they were once my age. Um, they've been there. So we, need, we do need to listen to what they have to say.
But a few quick guidelines or tips when it comes to relationships. Um, the first thing is don't be unequally yoked. Don't get involved uh, in a relationship with someone that doesn't share the same fundamental foundation that you do. And that is, if you're a Christian, that foundation is a faith in Jesus Christ. Because if you are seeing someone that does not share that faith, they, do not, they are not able to discern uh, what is pleasing to God and what is not pleasing to God. So when it comes to talking about establishing boundaries in your relationships, when it comes to talking about sexual purity, how can you do that when their desire, ultimate desire, is not to please God but yours is? So you have a conflict straight away. Secondly, don't, don't put yourself in positions that you find um, uh, sexual resistance tough. Don't. If you're going out with someone and you uh, continue to find yourself up late at night, snuggled on the couch or in the bedroom or wherever it may be, don't put yourself in a position where you are going to basically be tempted. You need to, again, establish some clear boundaries on, on your relationship. There may be uh, uh, people here that are thinking, look, we're not having sex. We're not, um, this, this doesn't apply to us. We're quite fine the way we are. But you may, actually, you may not be actually engaging in the physical act of sex, but your hands and minds are wandering places that were only reserved for those in marriage. 1 Corinthians 6.18 says, Flee from sexual immorality. All other, all other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually against his own body, uh, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. This is not what God intended uh, for our relationships to be. In our relationships, we need to be striving for holiness, and we need to be striving for sexual purity. Not because it's a set of rules but it's because it's pleasing to God. So as couples, we need to be proactive in establishing uh, boundaries. And girls, if the fellow won't do it, then you need to. There's no, this is an area that, uh, that you both have to come together and agree on and, um, and pray about together as well. Commit it to God. Commit the... the uh, your sexual drives to God and um, establish clear boundaries. Final thing is uh, not to make excuses. Don't, it's not good enough to say, well, um, oh, that's just my area of weakness or that's just our area of weakness. Uh, it's not good enough to say, well, that's just how God made me. We are responsible for our, for our own actions, so we're not to make excuses. The final step is to be accountable. We need to be able to be accountable to other uh, Christian brothers or sisters. And uh, I've found as a man that uh, when it comes to sharing about, uh, whether it be university or, or work or family life, that, uh, that we're really good at sharing about that. But when it actually comes to sharing about our relationship with God, when it comes to sharing about the things that we struggle with of a sexual nature, we are absolutely pathetic. 
that is, uh, we are just great at, at flicking those questions. But we as men need to be accountable to other men. We, we need to be able to get, um, we need to be able to establish uh, relationships with other, other fellas where we can go to them and say, you know what, I'm, I'm really struggling with pornography and, and I would love for you to keep me accountable. I would love for you to pray with me on this issue. We need to be able to get in a position as men where we can go to someone and say, you know, my, my girlfriend and I, our know, relationship's fine, but gee, we're struggling when it comes to the physical side of our relationship. I need someone to pray for me. I need someone to keep me accountable. I need someone that's going to ask me the hard questions in love. Might be the same if we're as married men as well. We still have that. Um, we need it. This is not something that, that goes away when you get married or as you age. We need the accountability. So I encourage you, if, if anything, tonight is to, um, is to find someone that you can share with and find someone that you can be accountable with in relation to these, these issues. And I've got to say, it is hard. It's something that... Um, that you're basically both, or there might be two or three of you that, uh, that meet, that decide that, hey, this is going to be a part of our everyday conversation when we meet. But, but it's important because it's one of those things that really separates us from God and it's one of those things that as men that we all struggle with. Look, in, in wrapping up, let me just say the following things and, and that is firstly... Many of the sexual um, uh, issues that you struggle with, they're not going to miraculously disappear if you're not going to be active and take steps um, to address them. If we're not actively seeking God, if we're not actively seeking support, if we're not actively removing uh, ourselves from those situations, they're not going to go away. If you're single and you struggle with pornography and you think, hey, look, when I get married, um, that urge is going to go away. It's not. It's still there. You have to deal with the issue now. And again, if you're married and you think that your struggles are going to go as you age, I'd, I'd be surprised that that's the case. I think it's something that you need to deal with here and now. You know, there are people here tonight that, that know what it is like to struggle in this area. And uh, there's people here tonight that know what it's like to experience the guilt and separation that comes um, with sexual impurity and uh, also the guilt that, that comes with knowing that we've failed God in this area and that coming back to God time and time again just seems harder and harder. And then we, we can get to a point where we can't even forgive ourselves for the things that we've done and uh, that we just have this feeling of being uh, totally unworthy, particularly when it comes to God. Yet for us and for you who believe, that, that's the whole point of the cross because Christ died for each of us because we were unworthy. He didn't have any... Um, he doesn't expect us to be at a certain standard in it. He expects that we will grow in our walk with him, 
but he died for us because we are unworthy. He's, he's bridged the gap. He's bridged the gap between us and God. And so it's through his death for each of us that we can come to him sincerely in heart and seek his forgiveness in these areas of our lives. As believers, uh, sexual purity is, is something that we strive for because it's something that we, that we want to do for God and it's something that's within our... It's, it's a heart's desire to, to serve God in this way. And if, we're, if we are striving for sexual purity because we think it's a set of rules, then we've got it all wrong. God wants it to be a heart thing, not a mind thing. It doesn't matter what I say here tonight, it's got to be a decision that you make to improve and maintain your relationship with God. You know, maybe, maybe you're here tonight and you feel that this is an area um, that you need to bring back to God. Maybe you're someone uh, that's just here that's feeling challenged and uh, think that it's time to do something about it now. Can I just encourage you that if that's the case, then tonight, well, well now is the time to do that, that, uh, that these issues are things that we, that we don't put off, that they're things that we deal with now. And if you're feeling God challenging you in this area, then I encourage you that uh, after the service that you talk to somebody that you, that you know. You can talk to Phil or Jonathan or Gail uh, or myself after the service. Um, yeah, look, we're more than happy to, um, uh, to, to support you in anything that you do. See, there's nothing more important in our walk with God than removing those things that are blocking our relationship with him. And uh, sexual purity for men and for women is just one of those things. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that you love each and every one of us and that, uh, that in your eyes, Lord, we are worthy. That, Lord, despite the things that, that we do that disappoint ourselves and disappoint you when we walk in a relationship with you, that we can come to you and that we can find forgiveness. And Lord, we just uh, pray tonight that when we uh, consider our own lives and consider our walk with you and consider uh, the things that we can do to uh, improve our life in this area of sexual purity, we just want to hand it to you, Lord. We just want to pray that... uh, that we could make these changes and and be bold in our walk with you. We just pray this in your name. Amen.